0: Lord, prepare us, O God, that we will continue to be living sacrifices, O God, holy and acceptable unto You, O God. We need You tonight, Lord. We need Your wisdom and knowledge and directions, Lord. Direct us tonight, Lord. Direct us tonight, Lord. As always, God, direct us with Your Spirit and power. And we love You. We love You. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. I want to be a living sanctuary for the Lord. Amen. Children are dismissed. Amen. Praise God. All right. We want to get right into our lesson again tonight. Amen. New month. Starting. Amen. Here. Amen. Been talking about being a Christian soldier in action. Amen. Christian soldiers in action. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never soar over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Amen. And so last month we spent quite a bit of time talking about Christian soldiers in love. And hopefully we uh, accomplished something out of that that's going to help us walk and help us meet our goals uh, and our vision of the church. Or, you know, the vision of the church is to be a church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for everyone. And and also that our purpose of the church is that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. And how do we do that? We read the Bible, we witness, we... You know, be it everything that's going on. Amen. Just having a great time in the Lord. Amen. So hopefully by the end of the year, Amen, you'll be sowing like eagles, <laughs> running through troops and leaping over a wall. Amen. And so when we stop and think about Christian soldiers and actions, and you read your Word of God and you're studying the Word of God, and God's Word begins to speak out to you a lot of times, uh, to reveal things to you that you may not see. Uh, sometimes when you read I don't know about you, but seems like every year that I read my Bible through, God reveals more things to me. When I first was a young Christian man, and and the pastor says, "I want you to read your Bible through in a year," and man, I got the numbers and I got to talk about so and so. We got so and so and so and so. We got so be so, and I'm going, I'm never going to get through this, you know. It looked like the time was running out, especially when I got to some of them chapters that had 40 and 50 verses. And, you know, know, when you're a soldier, some of the things that really gets you is you start having flashbacks of the battlefield. (laughs) And so you get caught up in there's a war going on. And so you're trying to figure out strategy and everything, how you would have fought this war and... You know, and like you read in Numbers and the children, Israel goes in and they spy out the land, you know, and I have a flashback because I used to have to do that stuff in the, in the military and get a salute report and come back and brief the commander and, and everything so they could make a logical and wise decision about it. And so a lot of people don't realize, you know, the Bible, the military does just about everything based on the Bible. They just can't come out and say it, but everything they basically do is, is, is in that book, you know, and so you, you once you have served and you understand that, you can see the value of some of the things that they do uh, from punishment and everything else, you know, uniform code of military justice. A lot of it comes from the scriptures, you know, and stuff, and so... You know, and so that's why you know we talk in this this year about Christian soldiers in action, you know, and 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 some of the things I will bring out and talk about. You you hopefully you'll have a better understanding of why we are in the Lord's army and why we conduct ourselves in certain ways. This thing is just like the military; is bigger than just one person, bigger than us. God's got an army, you know, is a, is a great big force, you know. Uh, even when you read scriptures, the Bible tells you, you know, that when they came out of Egypt, it says, and the army of God came out, <laughs> you know, so, and so they just defeated their enemies. And so God, uh, his word and his teachings is designed to show us how to be successful and how to defeat our enemies. We know Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mining through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, there's a lot of scriptures that he talks about being a soldier. Constantly to Timothy, you know, endure hardness as a good soldier. No man that warth entangle himself with the affairs of this life. He uses all these these uh analogies and 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 sayings of soldiers uh, in the military techniques because the warfare is really nasty and is, is bitter. Even Isaiah tells us in nine five, we jumped to nine six real quick. We missed nine five. Nine six is one to us a child of born unto another son is given the government should be on his Showed in his name called Wonderful Counsel of the Mighty God, but nine five says every battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. You know it, it talks about warfare. You know, and so a lot of times we miss that scripture, the first part forward scriptures. You know, five scriptures there, but but we have to realize that we are warriors, and so therefore we have to live and act accordingly. Uh, according to the plans of the commander-in-chief, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight we want to get right into our lesson. Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. You probably heard this scripture every time you've been in the church. (laughs) You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you may present yourself as living sacrifice, holy as acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. So notice here, we're going to talk about Christian soldiers as a living sacrifice. Christian soldiers as a living sacrifice. How much do you think you're worth to God? How much do you think you are worth to God? Nickel? Penny? Quarter? Million dollars? How much do you think, Sister Sue, that you are worth to God? You don't have any idea? If you had to put a price tag on it, how much do you think you would be worth? How, if somebody sold you, kidnapped you and sold you, how much do you think they'd ask for you? Three pizzas. <laughs> you don't have any idea. Brother Brother Richard, how much do you think you might be worth to God? <laughs> Bring you back, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <would> huh? <laughs> oh, how much you think you worth, brother move There's
1: no price. There's no, price.
0: There's no price. Oh, Sister Linda, how much you think you worth? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sister Parker, how much you think you worth? <laughs> worth his life. Amen. So you are valuable to God. And that's the uniqueness is that we have to realize if you were not important and worth something to God, he wouldn't even mess with you. <laughs> He'd just let you go on down the road you was going down. But see, you are valuable. Amen. He saw something in you, you know, and so therefore This is why God chose you. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit may remain and whatsoever you ask the Father, He'll give it to you. So you are valuable to God. You're very important to God. Amen. And so therefore, Paul writing to the church at Rome, he says, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. I'm asking you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We know that Paul also tells the church that he's praying that their whole what mind, body, and soul be preserved blameless until the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we we he's calling for us. He's asking us. He's begging us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Amen. A living sacrifice. What do, what do you think that means? A living sacrifice. Okay, living for Him. Living for Him. Okay. So what do I need to do to live for Him? Die for Him. him. Paul told Timothy, he says, if we be dead with Him, we will live with Him. So how do I die with Him? Forsake the world. Okay. Take up your cross. Say again. Live holy. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we die to the world, we die to the things of the world, we repent of our sins, we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and we are risen to walk in what? In newness of life. So therefore, we know that John 10.10, Jesus says, I am come that they may have life, and that more abundantly. So if the Spirit of Christ is in us, then we should be lively creatures. We should be alive. Okay? And our lives should reflect what is inside of us Amen, to a world that is around us and to others around us so that they can see that, yes, I do love Christ. Amen. It has to come to the point in our lives that we realize that, hey, I'm a Christian. You know, you can't have it both ways. You can't be a Christian and a sinner at the same time. It doesn't work. You've got to make up your mind. That this is going to be the way I'm gonna do it, you know. Like I've said a couple of times, if if you're one, if you're not gonna live for Christ, then then why waste your time? You know, you have to decide. This is why Joshua and and, and and Elijah on Mount Carmel choose you this day, whom you will serve. Whether the gods on the other side of the flood which your father served or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. He says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Elijah on Mount Carmel, he summons all the people and he says, well, okay now, how long have you had two opinions? He says, if God be God, then you need to serve him. If Baal is your God, then you need to serve him. You know, And so he, he, they're trying to get us to see through those passages of scriptures, look. God chose you, and so therefore, you belong to God, so you can't have it both ways. You have to choose whose side you're going to be on, see? You, you have to realize we're going to a better place, and even Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, He says, you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to love one and hate the other, you're going to cling to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So, therefore, we have to decide. We have to make up the choice in our lives if we're going to live for Him. And so, if I'm going to live for Him, that means I need to be alive for Him. I need to dedicate myself to Him. I need to present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and accepted to to Him. Amen. I want Him to be totally pleased with me and the things that I do. In First Peter 2, 9, Peter tells us, we quote this scripture a lot, you are chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him which called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And part of the showing forth that praises of him that's called us out is that about our life and how we live, and if we're in the mully grubs, or if we're in the pit,
1: or whatever,
0: we, we can't stay there. We got to be alive. Amen. You've got to let your light shine. Jesus says even in Matthew 5, you don't buy a candle and put it on a busher basket. You set it on a candlestick so that it will give light to everyone that is in the house. So know what is he saying here? That you, when you walk in, you brighten the room. Or if you're in the room and people come in, they should be able to see Christ in that room. Based on your attitude, your actions, and things that you do, they should see there's a difference in the room. When it, when the Bible tells us in Mark 2 that when Jesus was in the house, it was noise abroad that he was in the house. Yeah. And so, you know, the house was filled. See, so, and he worked. And this is what we have to do. Amen. Merriam-Webster defines the sacrifice as an act of offering to a deity deity, excuse me, something precious. See, and that's why I asked you how much you thought you was worth. Because, see, you're going to present yourself to Christ. You're going to stand before Him someday and present yourself. So how much you think you are worth to Him? Amen. You're valuable. You're precious. If you weren't precious to God, why do you think the devil would want to try to take you out? Huh? (laughs) If you weren't valuable and precious, the devil wouldn't care. If you long, you know, you would be on his side. He he wouldn't care. See? But he tries to destroy those things. Destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. Amen. Notice, you're surrendering your old life. For something better. Amen. Something better. Paul lists his two requirements to be in the sacrifice of God. Living and holy. And we're talking about living here. Amen. Being that living sacrifice. Amen. On your paper, I don't know if I did I put it on there in Genesis 22 and Hebrews 11. Did I leave that on your paper or did you got to search the Scripture? Amen. Abraham offering here of Isaac we know the story about Abraham offering Isaac right in verse 1 and it came to pass after these things that God did what what did he do to Abraham you there I'm sorry I'm ahead of you Genesis 22 verse 1 okay God tempted Abraham right now that word tempt does not mean like we think it's a tempt. You know, James tells us, let no man say when he's tempted that he's tempted of God because God cannot be tempted of evil and God doesn't tempt anybody. But what this is saying here is that God gave Abraham an opportunity to prove himself. Amen. And he gave him an opportunity to develop his faith, if you want to put it that way. Amen. You want to see what Abraham would do. And so, there's going to be times in your life and in my life that God is going to give us that opportunity to prove our faith. He's going to give us that opportunity to develop our faith. Amen. By asking us to do certain things. You know, and a lot of times when your back is against the wall... Is when you are going to be asked of God, Do you love me? You know, think about Peter. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Uh, So there are going to be times that God is going to ask us to do things to see if we really are going to be what He wants us to be. And so God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and He said, Behold, here I am. And He said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and settled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come to, again, to you. Notice, Abraham has already kicked his faith in. God says, I want you to offer that young man, Abraham, that son of yours that you love so much. And Abraham did not waver. You know, and the Bible tells us that. Amen. He, he got everything together. He went three days' journey. He gets to the park. Remember that three days now. He gets to the park where he is. He sees the mountain. And as a result now... He says to his men, I want you to guard the beast, men, the lad, we're going to go yonder and worship. And come again. Now, God told him to go sacrificing. But Abraham says, we're going to worship and we're coming again. See? So, so keep that in your, in your mind for a second. Amen. Amen. And, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him upon up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jarrah, as it is said this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now notice here, amen, Abraham already desired to present his son, as a sacrifice to God. Amen. And he did everything that God asked him to do, all the way to being willing to take his son's life if need be. Amen. But God provided a ram. As you remember, Isaac said, well, here's the wood and the fire, but where's the ram? And Abraham says, God will provide. God will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice, a ram for the sacrifice. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 17 through 19. Hebrews 11, verse 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead, from whence he received him in a figure. Amen. What was the figure? Jesus Christ. Amen. A living sacrifice. Isaac is alive. He's not dead. He's alive. He's being offered. He understands exactly what is transpiring here. Amen. And he, Isaac was a figure of Jesus Christ. And we know that later on, Jesus would be offered on the Mount Moriah, on Mount Golgotha there. Amen. In Jerusalem. Amen. For the sins of the whole world. He was alive when they put that cross upon him and made him carry it up that, that mountain. He was alive when they laid him on his back upon that cross and nailed him to the cross. He was alive when they thrust him up in the air. Amen. He was alive. He was a living sacrifice. And you and I, we are to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. Amen. So Abraham had his faith tested. You know, as I said, there's going to be times that we're going to have to prove our faith. If we look through Scripture, you see many uh, men and women, Jacob had to decide if he was going to let Benjamin go down into Egypt. His faith was being tried and proven at that point because he didn't understand all that God was doing at that moment. So he had to be willing to sacrifice uh, Benjamin if he wanted to see Simeon, you know, he had to sacrifice him to let him go. And that's the same thing with you and I. We have to, if we're going to see what God wants in us to be accomplished, we're going to have to let stuff go. We're going to have to be that sacrifice that he wants us to be. As Brother D'Amouf for was for ministering Sunday, you know. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. God's got a purpose for us. That's why He brought us out of darkness to His marvelous light. You know, we may not understand what His purpose is, but if we seek Him and ask of Him, we can find out what that purpose is in our lives so that things will start working together. You know, we need to know what God wants us to do, you know. We need to get in the habit of talking to God. We need to get in the habit of listening to God. You know, what do you feel God is calling you to do? I I ask the ministers and young men and women when they come to the board all the time to to get their license, you know, on the district board. I I ask them, I say, tell me what you think God is calling you to do. You know, I, I don't know what God is calling you to do. You have to know what God is calling you to do. I can tell you God is calling you to be a preacher. But that don't mean what God is calling you to do. God may be calling you to just be here to greet people and tell them how good He is. You know? I don't know what He's calling you to do. You need to figure that out. You know? Because if you know the purpose, then you can accomplish so much more. See? You know, once you understand... What is going on, you know you can accomplish so much more and you can be that sacrifice that God wants you to be. amen, and you can be that living sacrifice. Hallelujah. praise God. Daniel had to decide if, if he was going to pray three times a day when the decree was signed, you know he his back was against the wall. you know, do I pray or do I go to the lines then? you know or, or not go to the lines then, rather? Not pray and not go to the line then or go to the lines then. You know, he had an opportunity to prove his faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do I bow or not bow? If I don't bow, I'm going to the fire furnace. You know, what do they say? Well, we're not careful to answer you in that matter. You know, you know, either way, we ain't bowing. They took a stand and God took a stand, you know, for them. You know, think about Kim Davis. She had to make a decision. Her back was against the wall. You know, do I prove my faith that I'm a Christian and serving God? You know, or do I cave into the system? She choose, chose to go to jail for what she believed in. You know, her faith was against the wall. And I guarantee you, her faith is so much stronger today because she took a stand. You know, and so these are the things that are going to happen in our lives sometimes. You know, Isaac was not dead. He was alive. Can you imagine later on in life being Isaac and sharing with your grandkids and kids that your grandfather put you on some wood and fire to sacrifice you on Mount Moriah? You know? Think about telling Jacob and Isaac, you know, Esau, what the grandfather did to them and the grandkids. Can you imagine? He marched me three days up a mountain and then put me on some wood and fire and was going to kill me. And then God put a ram in the thicket, you know, telling that story to your kids and grandkids, you know, years to come. You know, the Bible, even talk about in Hebrews, they dwell in tabernacles with, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise, you know. All, the, all that stuff that you read about, Amen. To make them live in sacrifices here. Amen. It is, it is important. So, Peter identifies the church in 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 1 through 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Peter says here, Wherefore, lay aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. "...as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so, be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, this allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, notice Peter says, you are a lively stone. Amen. You know, and so he is coming from the standpoint of Jesus Christ is the rock. And if we are built on Christ, we have Him in us, then we are to be a part of that rock. We are to be that stone, that lively stone. Amen. We are to not be dead. We are to be alive, amen, as living stones. And so, therefore, He says you are built up to a what? A spiritual house. See? He is saying that your, your, your stone is lively. And so, therefore, you are a spiritual temple, Amen. You know, in 1 Corinthians three seventeen, it, we were three eleven. We're built on the foundation of the apostles, Jesus Christ. Here, Amen, is the foundation. No other foundation can be laid. So we're building on that same lively stone, that lively rock. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 that the children of Israel had that rock that followed them and what? That rock was Christ. Right? So, here's Jesus was there as the rock. You know, He's alive. He's providing water. He's providing the things that they have need of in the wilderness. Now, you are a lively stone and you are built up as a spiritual house. Amen. So your house, you are the temple of God, which is in you. And so therefore, as Christ is in you, God is not dead. God is alive. So therefore, what's in you should cause you to be alive. Amen. You're connected to the vine. Jesus says when He they was carrying them to the cross, He says if they did this to a green tree, what would they do to a dry See, a green tree means it's alive. It's an evergreen. Amen. And so therefore, amen, you are to be alive at all times. No matter the problem, no matter the situation, no matter what you're going through, you are supposed to be that temple that's alive. You are to be that house that reveals light. Amen. You're not dead. You're, you're supposed to be, you know, constantly preparing yourself to be a sanctuary of the Lord. This is why Paul told the church at Ephesus and Colossians. He says, Sing to yourself psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart unto the Lord. See, because why? God don't want you to be down. Because if you're down, you're not going to present Him as a living sacrifice. Yourself as a living sacrifice. Isaiah says, in Isaiah 61, 3, that He's giving you a garment of praise For the spirit of heaviness, that you might be called what? Trees of righteousness. The planet of the Lord, that He might be glorified. So as a living sacrifice, you've got to have joy. You've got to be motivated. You've got to learn how to motivate yourself. You know, as David, David wept for a while when he came back to Ziklag. And he's lost everything. But then all of a sudden, David turns to the priest and says, Bring me the ephod." You know, and as a result, when he brought it to him, David began to pray and he began to seek the Lord. And he says, God, shall I pursue? And God says, yes, pursue, and you shall take over and take all. And immediately, he begins to pursue on. Amen. You can't let yourself get down so that you let the candlelight go out. Just got to put it that way. You can't let yourself get so low in life as a a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, a living temple of God that you're not reflecting the beauty of Christ. Amen. The temple was beautiful. It was one of the beautifulest buildings there was at the time. And so, therefore, we are to be that living sacrifice. Amen. Notice, we are living, lively stones, and built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Now when you go back and if you're reading your Bible you've already gone through Exodus and Leviticus and you understood already what God required of of the priesthood and how God told Moses Aaron's uh, garments and everything and he was they, they were the, the Levitical priesthood was to be holy set us apart for the master's use. And so when we come into this relationship with Jesus Christ we become holy priesthood because he's holy. And so what was the duties of the priests other than offering sacrifice? What else did they have responsibilities? Say again? Okay, make sure the lights are burning. What else? Okay, replace the showbread. What else? What, what were some of those things? <laughs> okay, take the tabernacle down and put it up. Uh, so that means everybody should be at church all the time, right? Take it down putting it up. <laughs> what else? What else? Anybody? Come on, help me out here. Okay, once a year the high priest went into the holies of holies. What else? Sprinkle the blood. What else? They offered sacrifice. <laughs> Come on. Leprosy. They identified leprosy. What does that say? What job was that? Doctor? <laughs> okay. They determined what was clean and unclean, and what was holy and unholy. See? Okay, just remember those two things. They determined what was clean and unclean and what was holy and unholy. Because they was not about to present to God something that was not clean and something that was not holy. See, and that's why we're called to be a holy priesthood. You know, now, that's our job. You know, we don't want to present to God something that is not clean and something that is not holy. See, so, we are to offer up to God what? Spiritual sacrifices. See? This is why you got to be live. You know, you, you've got to have live, be living inside of you so that you are doing it right. See? Because if you're dead, you're nonchalant about it, you know, you're going to make mistakes and do wrong things. See? Look at Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Hebrews thirteen, fifteen. By him Yeah. By him, Jesus Christ, let us offer the sacrifices of praise continually with the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. So we are a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices that is acceptable and well pleasing to God. See, is God is your praise well pleasing to God? If you're half dead, you know. If you're unclean, if you're unholy then God is not going to accept your sacrifice. You know, this is why people in the world that's not serving God, they're dead. You know, they may not they they may be not dead, dead, but they're dead spiritually. See? Because they're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. See? But when we're in a relationship with him, then we are to be lively. We are to be the lively stones. We are to be that spiritual temple to offer up the sacrifices of praise continually with the fruit of our lips. This is why when you look at Isaiah 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, And he says, woe is me, for I'm undone. But then when the serpent flew to him, and he put the coal from the altar on his mouth, and he says, now this has touched thy lips, thy iniquities are removed, and thy sin is purged. Amen. He was ready to go. And then he says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will go for us, and who shall I send? And I says, here am I, Lord, send me. Now he's ready to be that sacrifice you know, for the Lord. He's ready to offer sacrifice to the Lord. And the Lord says, okay, this is what you want to do. I mean, he says, go and tell these people, hear ye and understand not, see thee, perceive not, make their hearts fat, make their ears heavy, shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, they hear with their ears, they understand with their heart and convert and be healed. And He says, God, how long do you want me to do this? And He says, until the land be without man, uh, you know houses be without man and and all of this and the, and the land be utterly desolate and I've removed men far from it. He says, but there'll be a tent, they shall return and they shall eat therein. He says, as the teal tree and as the oak tree whose substance is in them when they shoot forth their leaves, so are the holy seed shall be what? The, the, uh, this, uh, the source in the earth beneath. Isaiah 6. You know, you can read it for yourself. But, Notice, once he was touched. And look at what Isaiah wrote. You know, Isaiah writes more about Jesus being God than anybody else. You know? His, his writing about Jesus and, 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 and being God is so controversial in Israel, they don't even want to read it. You know? You know? But we have to realize God chose us to be living sacrifices holy and acceptable, amen, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, amen, sacrifices of praise with our lips, amen, giving thanks unto His name. If anybody should know how to worship and praise God, it should be those of us that's been called out of darkness to His marvelous light. If anybody should know how to determine good from evil and right from wrong and clean and unclean and holy and unholy, it should be those of us that's been called out of darkness to His marvelous light. Amen. He's revealing these things to us. Praise God. So we are that, that, that lively stone. In Matthew 16, 13, we know this passage of Scripture where Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi and he said to him, who do they say I the son of man am? They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, one of your prophets. He says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. No, the son of the living God. And he says, Blessed are you, Simon poor Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you but my is in heaven. I say that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, and whatsoever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I say, and you loosen earth will be loosed into heaven. Right? Notice. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now look at John, what he says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has restored upon us that we should be called sons of God. Notice, we're now sons of God. Therefore, the world kneweth us not. Because if it kneweth Him not, okay, Beloved, now are we sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we should be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. He's alive. Verse three, and every one man that have this hope in Him purifies Himself, even as He is pure. We cleanse ourselves. Because why? We're going to be living sacrifices. We're holy priesthood. You know, to start with, when you look in the Old Testament, Moses had to clean Aaron and his sons. He had to wash them. He had to make them clean. See? Well, you see the children of Israel getting ready to cross the Red Sea and going to you know, go the promised land. God called for them to do what? Sanctify themselves. Get clean. Make yourself holy. And so they had to set apart themselves certain days to get themselves clean. Well, it's the same way with us. We have to set ourselves apart to make sure that we're staying clean to be that living sacrifice so that when we come before God, we are ready to worship. We are ready to offer up the sacrifices of praise continually with the fruit of our lips. Amen. Look at Romans 8 verse 1. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not out of the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. Amen. So the law of Christ has made me free from sin and death. So Guess what? I'm supposed to be alive. <laughs> I'm not dead. He's made me free. Whom the Son has made free is free indeed. So I'm not to be downtrodden. I am to be alive. For the Lord of Spirit has made us free. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in His own Son... And the likeness of sinful flesh condemns sin in the flesh. Amen. That the what? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See? So if I'm walking after the flesh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be that sacrifice. I got to walk after the spirit. Because the priesthood was to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Every offering and things that was brought to them was to be presented to God. Whether it was a peace offering, whether it was a transgression offering, whether it was a sin offering, whether it was a burnt offering, whether it was a forgiveness offering, a thanksgiving offering. Whatever it was, it was this priest's job to make sure that that animal or whatever was the best. It was the clean. It was everything because they had the responsibility to present it. And if you, they presented anything strange and wrong, we see what happened to Aaron's sons, don't we? They was zapped. See? So Paul says here in Romans 8, he says, who walk after the flesh but after the spirit. You know? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things that are after the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things that are after the spirit. For to be carnally minded, It's dead. Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon Him, Isaiah 26, 3, because you trust in Him. Amen. He gives you life. John 10 and 10, The thief come not but to steal, kill, and destroy him. Come so you can have life. So He wants us to live as priesthood Amen. So that we can offer up to Him the sacrifices. Amen. A praise continually with the fruit of our lips. Being excited about this thing. Amen. It's because you're sons of God now. Amen. The priesthood was chosen as God's special set-apart. See? To offer up a spiritual house. To offer up spiritual sacrifices. Amen. Your wave offering. (laughs) Your heave offering. (laughs) You know. You're lifting it up to God. Amen. Your burnt offering. Get on the altar. (laughs) You know. All these things. Thanksgiving offering. Everything that you do should be from a heart that I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. You know, Jesus after He rose from the dead was seen, you know, first of all, over 500 and then 3,000, you know. At first they thought He was dead. But they realized He's alive. See? And you've got to present yourself as alive also under Christ. Amen. We're not dead. We are alive. Amen. Praise God. This is why the Psalms said, the, bill, the stone which the builders reject is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, he said, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Right? Psalms 118. You ever read that? This is the day the Lord has made and let us rejoice and be glad in it. He says, Save now, Lord. Save now, I beseech you. Send now Prosperity. And he says, we will bless thee out of the house of the Lord. The Lord has given us light. God is the Lord showing us light. Binding what? Could you get that scripture up there for me? Psalms 118. I think it might be like round about verse 12, 13. Yeah, try 13. Close to the end, I know it is. He says, he says, we will bless thee. I know, further on down than that. I'm sorry. Try try around about 18. Then uh, binding the sacrifices with cords. It's just before the last two scriptures. You see there where it says, you know, save. Right after, after the stone which the builders disallowed has become the headstone of the corner, and then it's. Two more after that and then he goes in binding the sacrifice. Notice, okay, the stone which the builders reject has become the headstone of the corner. Save now, I beseech thee, Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. We will bless thee out of the holy covenant, In the name of the Lord, we will bless thee out of the house of the Lord. God is the light. There you go. God is the Lord which have showed us light. Bind them the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise Thee. Thou art my God, and I will exalt Thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Notice, binding the sacrifice with cords, even to the horns of the altar. Amen. The stone which the builders rejected is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. And is marvelous in our eyes. See? Amen. That sacrifice of praise, that sacrifice, bind the sacrifices with cords to the altar. Amen. Praise God. Even... Amen. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Oh give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. Those sacrifices, as I said early, had to be living. They had to be alive. Amen. Amen. First Timothy two, three. First Timothy two verse three. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Amen. We are part of that royal priesthood. And that's the overall thing God is desiring of us as Christian soldiers, is to be that living sacrifice. Amen. That we can offer up. Amen. Spiritual sacrifices to God. That they will be acceptable unto Him. Holy. Amen. Living. Without blemish. Without spot. And we can do it. We can do it. Amen. We have the purpose in our heart that this is what we desire to do. Amen. To be that spiritual house. That spiritual house is detailed. You know, when you stop and think of the... The, the, uh, the information and instruction that God gives. When you're reading your Bible, if you notice how detailed God is, amen, when he told Noah to build the ark, he was detailed. When he told Moses how to build the tabernacle in the wilderness and how things to be done, he was detailed. Amen. Because it all points to him. And so and this is why we want to be that spiritual house. Because we want to afflict him from the inside to the outside. Amen. We want to have ourselves and our lives consecrated for the Lord. Amen. That no matter what he asked us to do, we can say as Isaiah, Here my Lord, send me. Amen. I want to be that living sacrifice for him. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Any questions? Any comments? Amen. You can do it. I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. Praise God. Father, again, we exalt.